mercy. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be looking at a couple of different passages. Uh, first, this morning, we're going to be starting off in, in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles there, you can go ahead and turn and get to that page. I feel like y'all are distant from me today. You come up here with Miss Kathy. <laughs> Happy birthday. Was it, was it actually today? Saturday. Well, happy birthday. Outstanding. Mercy. I'm not going to shoot anybody, I promise, okay? <laughs> they don't have to be so distant. You, you know, if y'all move further away from me, I'll just move closer, right? Yeah, I realize that. <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, huh? <laughs> Mercy. Well, if you have your Bibles, read with me here in, in Luke chapter 2. It says this, In those days it occurred that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole Roman Empire should be registered. This was the first enrollment, and it was made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were going to be registered, each to his own city or town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the town of David which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused wife, who was also about to become a mother. And while they were there, the time came for her delivery, and she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room or place for them in the inn. It's amazing to me, to look at the similarities between what was going on then and what was going on now. Christ, our Lord and Savior, came unannounced. Well, I mean, there was some announcements, but He came, let me rephrase that. He came unlooked for. In a, in a time and an age that, except for the clothes, and maybe for the uh, currency, really is was no different than it is today. They had the same problems and same issues that we deal with. And they were plodding along through life, just trying to do the best they can. And in the midst came our hope, our victory. And it's funny, when you stop and you look at the, the political issues and the cultural issues that were going on at the time, they really were no different. You know, they were being run by the Roman government. You know, religiously, it was, it was kind of a hodgepodge of everything. And, you know, the Jewish church at that point in time, they... They were just kind of going through the motions. It really didn't really mean a whole lot to anything, anybody, I, I don't think. The priests, you know, pretty much the power had gone to the head. You know, if you're a Pharisees or if you're a Sadducees, you were held in a place of honor. You know, they kind of walked around with their little robes on and, you know, and everybody, 
you know, gave them respect, you know, and they expected that, you know, they were looking for the discount every time they went into the restaurant, and, you know, they were looking for Christmas presents, not really Christmas presents, but you know what I'm saying. The Jewish faith was really just kind of going through the motions. You know, people would gather and they'd go to the temple, they'd make their little offerings and whatnot, they'd hear the priest give his message, and then they'd go home and it'd be right back to the, to the status quo. Culturally, they were dealing with all kinds of crazy issues. You know, it, I, at any given point, you could walk through the streets of Jerusalem and there'd be, you know, the prophet standing on the corner, you know, the world's about to end, you know. There was a high, it was a, a, a meeting place, a trading place. And so, you know, there was going to be a hodgepodge of this and a hodgepodge of that. They dealt with, with homosexuality and they, they had the, the, the hookers and, and all of that. Just, really, folks, it's no different than it is today. And yet in the midst of that, in the midst of that is where our hope came. And when I stop and, and I look at today, I stop and I think we, we need that hope now. Because even today, I'm walking in here today and I, I can feel the stress in the air. You know, my poor wife, she's locked the keys in the car twice now in, in two days. And, and, you know, she's stressed out of her mind. And, and, and who, who of us isn't? The tragedy of, of the, the school shooting this week, you know, the, the questionable direction of, of our government, in just everyday life. I mean, which one of us isn't stressed? I walked into one of the churches this week, and and there was another gentleman that that was with me, and and he made he made a pretty good statement. You know what he said? He says, "I feel like I'm in the mall." And I went, "Yeah." They got their own little bookstore, got their own little. Starbucks coffee thing going. I mean, full-blown Starbucks coffee. I mean, in fact, it probably be, it looks like it was a little bit bigger than Starbucks, you know. But they had the little Christmas trees up and, and terrazzo floors, and you felt like you were in the mall. They even had a, I don't, I don't know if that I would call it a playground for the kids. It was more like an indoor park for the kids. And I thought, how sad. I said, really, is this, is this what we've gotten to? I look around at people today and people are so confused about Christianity and, and what it means because there's, there's so many conflicting voices that are going through their head. You know, mixed... 
there's mixed things going out. You know, everything from, you know, you really aren't being saved by grace to you really won't die and go to hell when you die if you don't accept Christ. Or if, you, if you'll just love Jesus and come to church, then you're going to get rich quick. And, and there's so many conflicting things going around out there that it's hard It's hard to, to know what's real and what's not real. And that's kind of the way it was when Jesus came the first time. It was exactly that way. And the thing is, he's coming back again. Praise God. He's coming back again. And I have to ask a simple question today. Are you ready? Are you ready? If Christ was to come back today, would you be ready? Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Matthew 24, 27 tells us this. Just as the lightning flashes from the east and shines and is seen as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2 says, For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day and the return of the Lord will come as unexpectedly and suddenly as a thief in the night. And when he comes this time, he's going to be coming with the sound of a trumpet. And there's going to be a flash. And it's not, he's not going to be coming in, in, in a little manger in, in the backside of a hotel somewhere. This time, he's coming in the east. He's coming in the sky. And he'll be coming to take his children home. And the question that I ask you today is, are you ready? Listen to this. And this is also in uh, chapter 24, verses 36 of, uh, of Matthew. Listen to this. Hang on. The, the words are kind of small on me today. I'm sorry. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the Lord... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading Thessalonians. I told you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But of that exact day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Nobody knows when, when Christ is coming back. Despite what the Mayans have told us, and uh, what was the other gentleman about a year ago that said, this is going to be the day? Do you remember that? Did anybody remember his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, last year he said, oh, the, the Lord is coming back today. And it came and went. And uh, he had to back up, regroup. And, uh, and there's a bunch of hippies down there on, on top of a temple down there in Mexico. And they're backing up and regrouping this morning. And, uh, you know, it's just one of them things. No one knows. Only God knows when, when Christ is coming back. But listen to this part. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
For just as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage until the very day when Noah went into the ark. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of man, the son of man. In other words, it could be today. Honestly, folks, which one of us is looking for Christ to come back today? Which one of us is not caught up in life? Which one of us is, is not simply going through the motions? We, we go from one problem to the next problem. One struggle into the next struggle. Are you looking? Are you seeking? Are you ready? Because it's just just like when the flood hit. It's going to be that way when Christ comes back. He continues on. He continues on and he says, um, At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the handmill. One will be taken. One will be left. Watch therefore. For you do not know what, in what kind of a day your Lord is coming. When he comes back. Literally that's, that's how it's going to be. One second your partner is going to be there. And the next second they're not because there's going to be a trumpet sound and in the blink of an eye those that belong to Christ they're gone yes rapture Woo! I'm looking forward to it I'm out of here folks but because of this he says he says be watchful And then he continues to say this, but understand this. Watch, had the householder known in what part of the night, whether in the night or, or morning, uh, what, what part of the night watch the thief was coming, he would have watched and he would not allow his house to be undermined and broken into. You must also be ready, therefore, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. In other words, what, what Matthew uh, what Jesus was saying was this. You need to be watchful. You need to be on guard. Anybody that's former military, we understand what it means to be on guard. We hated it, but we had to be watchful. Because we got yelled at if we were sleeping. It was, it was ugly. It was not a pretty thing. But we had to be watchful. We had to be constantly scanning. We had to be seeking for anything that might be coming. And this is how we should be looking for Christ. We need to be actively seeking His return. We need to be prepared every day for His return. We need to be hopeful every day that His return is near and that it will be today. In other words, we as children of God cannot get trapped 
in the day to day. We can't get carried away with the struggles and the stresses. We need to be always hopeful and always ready as if it was today. And along with that, because we're hopeful and because we're watching and because we're seeking His return, then we need to be sharing that with others. When we look around at our neighbors, then we need to be seeking God and saying, God, change, use me to change their hearts. Because which one of you wants to leave people behind? And if, if you're at the point to where you don't care, then there's, there's an issue right there. There's a heart issue there. I don't want to see anybody left behind. As we celebrate this season, I simply want to leave you with a question. Are you ready? Are you seeking? Because like a thief in the night, he will come. And he will call those by, that are by his name. Don't be unprepared. I hope that you guys have a, have a blessed Christmas. And I thank you so much for being here today. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for all you give and all that you do. Father, impress upon our hearts the desire to see you. Impress upon our hearts a desire to seek you. Impress upon our hearts a desire to put our focus upon you and not the traps of the world. Not our struggles, not our worries, not our fears, not the taxes or bills or injuries or, or fights between husband and wives and, and, and struggles with our children. We can get lost in that. And in getting lost in that, we'll lose our focus on you. Bring about a heart's cry within us, Father, for you. And deliverance. Deliverance from this world. Deliverance from our sorrows. Deliverance from our troubles. Deliverance for our pain. And Father, place in us, place in our hearts a desire for others so that they wouldn't be left behind either. Father, not that we would become Billy Graham's. Not that we'd be like the 
those that go around on, on the other people's doors just beating their doors down to tell them to, to turn and repent. But Father, just may we be motivated by a genuine desire and love for one another. And that through our actions and through our words, they would come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for all you give us, Father. And forgive us when we fail you. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a blessed week.